Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. All right, the defense did not play like a dominant, wow, they only gave up seven points performance, except for they gave up seven points because they made huge plays in huge moments. At least that's what the narrative is. Is that what you saw on tape or did Chicago? I mean, I think the alternate version of this, if we're going to play the optimist pessimist game that we played on the, the day after pod is like, optimist they bowed up they made plays when they had to and certainly there's some of that there's no arguing like james smith williams on that second down getting that batted ball like that's a fantastic play right but you could also say scoring in the red zone is hard and chicago ran into their own ineptitude Uh, i think that's probably the more pessimistic in terms of washington view on it uh when you watch the tape what do you see yeah so i I think i think the game in a nutshell is is summed up on the um the fourth down stop the fourth and one stop uh, and what I mean by that is so like that that drive starts with a crazy long run. I think it was like 50 yards or something to Khalil Herbert. And what I mean by that is like they over pursue, they miss a tackle. Um, and then but like your guy, Casey Two Hills, like on the ground because like the, the offensive unbelievable line play by Casey to run that down. And then runs like a million yards and like makes a tackle, you know. So you're getting guys playing hard, right? And then that puts you in a good situation. But then the very next series, or the very next play, you have 12 men on the field. So again, that's not good. You start to drive at the third and one, right? Or, or third and goal, excuse me. Or what is that? Three yards to score, first down. Right. And um, and so then they run it. Great stop by the defense. Then they run like a play action pass and um, Fields overthrows the tight end who is wide open in the t- in the end zone. Right. Do you guys remember that? You remember that, Craig? Like literally yeah. like it was like a fake block. He sheds uh, James Smith Williams and he's by himself in the end zone. He overthrows it. All right. Cool. Next play. Stop the run. And then obviously great play by Cole on the third and inches. So, oh, no, then it was the scramble by Fields. That was the other big play. Scramble by Fields. And they're, you know. Uh, McCain makes a tackle, but then Forrest dives over and knocks him out, keeps him out of the end zone. So again, great effort plays, but there was also a lot of boneheaded kind of mental mistake stuff that led to big plays and put them in bad spots, and they were able to overcome it. And they got a little bit lucky. Like Fields misses that. The interception, like I don't know what the hell Fields was doing, like banging that off somebody's helmet. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's and those those are kind of the every single play that happened, you know, like that was the game. There was like two good plays and a bad play that got them there. So they were kind of like digging their own grave while also um, like filling it back in at the same time. It was really weird to watch. Like, and you're right, Chicago kind of because they're not a good football team was not able to capitalize on the mistakes of the defense. But this is definitely 
I'm going to say like the worst they've played in probably the last four weeks since Detroit. Like they've been playing really good football. And then this is the game where you're kind of like, oh man, like what happened? And people say, oh, what about um, Dallas? And I'd say they played more consistently against Dallas outside of a couple penalties. Like in the Dallas game, you can look at, look at like five plays that where they struggled. Even Philadelphia, there's like four or five plays where you're like, that's not good. And then here it was like uh, the, the frequency of bad plays and mental mistakes and, you know, kind of letting fields out of the pocket was much, much higher. And so I think it's kind of serendipity that this ends up being one of their best kind of score games of the season. Cause I thought they, I thought they kind of struggled in this game. Yeah, it was, I mean, they gave up two thirty-eight on the ground. And I realized yeah. that some of that is like non-traditional runs in terms of field scrambling, including the final drive. Like they're in, they're in position to lose that game because they give up a 45 yard scramble or whatever it was to fields. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, it's not great um, in that situation. Like you got to know who you're playing and, and make him beat you with his arm. Um, but what's, I don't know. The, the one thing that I will say about that performance defensively is it felt like the three first rounders really were there, like doing their thing. And part of the reason they're able to survive and like get the point production that they have is the guys making the play. Mm are those three guys like Alan Payne and sweat would they, you know, they give up a dumb penalty, whatever. And like they, they'd make a game saving tackle. If you're Casey two hill running way down the field and then Alan would go get a sack yeah. or Payne would draw a hold or sweat yeah. would draw whatever. And like Chicago would be drive, 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 and then wind up in third and 13 because one of those three guys made a play. And like that is a, on some level sustainable way to play for them is like, just keep making sure they have to matriculate the ball. And eventually one of your guys is going to make a play. And those are their three playmakers. And those guys consistently did that sacks, you know, getting a a hold forced. Uh, Obviously Allen winds up with the pick, although that's more of like a lucky play, but like the awareness on that, once the ball goes up in the air, like that's a heck of a play by John Allen after, after FA Obata, you know, is either using his noggin or in the right place at the right time and getting lucky, depending on who you want to ask. Um, and so I do think that that is, is worth mentioning that yes, they get lucky that Chicago's not better and can't quickly take advantage of what Washington gave them. But part of that is because ultimately Allen Payne and sweat consistently stepped up and put them so far behind the chains that they weren't able to overcome it. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think those guys are playing good football, but at the same time, they're also, contributing to some of the stuff like you mentioned Justin Fields scramble right for mm-hmm. whatever 45 yards in the, the game like he shakes inside on Bobby and there's a huge cutback lane and if you watch the all 22 like sweat is basically like jogging walking jogging and could if he was running to the football like he should have been he probably makes a tackle there and the game's over right there on the spot so like that's what I'm talking about yeah sweat excellent against the run did an outstanding job creating pressure like he had that sack that got them to the third and 15 where they kind of were in that fourth weird fourth down situation where they don't get it right. Like they all played well, but there was like inconsistency across the board that led to those big plays. Even the long touchdown run, the pursuit angles are crazy. Like, I don't know what those guys are doing. They're pursuing so high relative to where the running back is at and it creates a huge cutback. And so again, like there's just play after play like that, right? The play action pass stuff, like, I think that's good design by them, and I'm not quite as critical as that, but I just think there was a whole bunch of these opportunities that kind of put them in these weird spots that they then had to kind of 
really scramble and overcome, right? And obviously John and Payne both had great games. James Smith-Williams, Casey, Obata. I think Obata had another sack. Like, he's doing a great job. So J- even Jamin, Jamin and Cole are great examples. Like, they made some incredible splash plays in terms of running running backs down, but they also missed a couple tackles that led to more right. yards, right? Right. You know, so I think that, again, like the whole group, and you're kind of saying maybe it's a short week, maybe they're a little That's bit That's what I was going to say. Up. I wonder how much of that, too, is Thursday night and just, like, you're exhausted. Yeah. You, know, you, you're, you played a bunch of plays a couple weeks in a row, and now all of a sudden you've had to I – mean, Thursday night on the road is so much worse sure. than Thursday night at home. Um, it's not a terrible fight to Chicago, but you're still going. It's cold as hell. Yeah. Like – that's it's not a good time. Uh, last thing though is like, will they be able to get away with that stuff against Green Bay? And your first instinct is like, oh hell no, because it's Aaron Rodgers. But you watch what they do today against the Giants. I, I tweeted this out earlier, and I'm, I haven't gotten a response yet from anybody. I don't know. I I'm sure there's a way to look this up, uh, and someone in the NFL will have to. Who's the last team to lose to the Jets and Giants in back-to-back weeks? Because uh, the Jets and Giants haven't done a lot of winning in recent years, and all of a sudden <laughs> both of them are over 500. They beat the Packers back to back weeks. First, uh, the Jets that monster comeback, or sorry, the Giants the monster comeback in London today. The Jets go to Lambeau and beat the Packers. So, what do you see? You know, initial first thoughts on Green Bay, and you know, with the ten days off, with Heineke potentially out there, like you know, do you have any early feel on what Washington can do? Yeah, this is all very like high level stuff, but I think a couple things stick out to me. One, their their lack of playmakers outside is really hurting their offense. And what I mean by that is like they're having a hard time protecting because you know what Carson or not Carson, Aaron Rodgers used to rely on was kind of being able to get the ball out of his hand quick to Cobb and um, Adams and all these different playmakers that he had, and now. The separation isn't quite the same. I mean, Alan Lazard, I think, has exceeded expectations. Yeah, Lazard's but a good player. But it's by he's no means... Not Devontae Adams. Right. Like, yeah, he's probably a two or a three in most offenses, and that's not an indictment because I really... In terms of guys that I like watching, Alan Lazard's one of them. Like, he's physical as heck in the run game. He makes contested catches. He's got some good savvy, but he's not like... He's not the guy where you walk out and you're like, oh my gosh, we got to guard Alan Lazard today. Like, Alan Lazard's a good NFL receiver, but he's not going to scare anybody right they've got romeo dubs who again is a young player i think he was drafted in the fourth round got a lot of growing to do their first round pick christian watson for whatever reason has not been a feature of the in the offense since week one and really they they are relying a lot on the tight ends and the running backs and i think people kind of figured it out they were like okay well we don't need to worry that much about all these all these playmakers on the outside we can kind of change our coverage philosophy add people to the box count and make these make these two runners and Aaron beat us. And the O-line's had a hard time protecting. And they really, I don't want to say they look toothless because they are, Aaron Rodgers is still a great football player. Uh, A.J. Dillon and Jones are really good football players. But when they're the only show in town and you lose Adams on the outside and you don't have anybody to kind of replace that production, it becomes really gnarly. And then the defense has even suffered. Like they're still playing really well. They got a bunch of playmakers in that group but they're on the field a lot more now. And I think it's kind of, again, like this team that was able to kind of score and win kind of all in a multitude of ways, it doesn't appear to be that same team. It's a much more labored and drawn out. They got to win close games. Uh, and a lot of it's because they just don't have the talent at receiver to get that done anymore. Right. And uh, Randall Cobb, who's been pretty good for them this year, 
is likely out next week. He came off the field. He had tears in his eyes. He was on the cart. Um, high ankle sprain is the initial early diagnosis from a couple of reports out there, uh, which is going to be at least a week, you would think, if not two or three. Um, so we'll obviously see. He'll have to get an MRI, and, and we'll keep an eye on Packers media reporting on that and whatever the team puts out as well. Uh, a couple of uh, always fun to look at, like some of the not necessarily revenge games, but like guys who have been here, Preston Smith, obviously, yeah. has the connection, always, uh, I'm sure, wants to play well against Washington. And I, I don't think LaFleur has quite the uh, – the vindictiveness that say Kyle might. Um, but uh, of course, one of the former famous 2013 assistants that stuff, has, yeah. uh, has gone on to bigger and better things. All right. We will be back on Wednesday with a mailbag episode, which means we need mailbag questions. You can tweet them at me at Hoffman show or at Craig Hoffman, just be like, Hey, I have a mailbag question. And then tweet your question. You can also uh, message Logan on Instagram at Logan underscore Paulson 82, and we will get your questions that way. Um, also, we're posting a ton more content on YouTube. Uh, we're hoping, I know it's, folks have started asking heavily, like, hey, can we get the full podcast on YouTube? Not yet, uh, but there are clips up. Uh, just, just go to youtube.com slash chh223. CHH223, that's my YouTube channel, uh, or just search Craig Hoffman and you can get that there. It's my, it's my initials in my birthday. I created I the custom say, URL when that? I was like, when I was in like college and, uh, I can't currently change it, but, uh, if enough of you subscribe, <laughs> then I think I do get that option to, to change my custom URL. Cause I think I signed up for that at a time when you didn't have to, like, you just signed up and you're like, Hey, I want a custom URL. Now YouTube is like, there are too many of you. You all cannot right. have that. So right. it's either that or like xz25 it's something that sounds like a play call that like you could probably remember but i never could uh so that is uh that's where you can go on youtube or just search craig hoffman uh that's that's probably the easiest way to find it and all the clips are there all right that's it for the pod uh thanks so much for listening make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening and we will see you on wednesday for take Command.